0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I took a class in the New Testament in seminary. I'm probably happy to know that. And one of the first passages we read was this Luke passage. And the teacher said, we're going to spend the next two classes on the first two verses of the Gospel passage we just read. I Amen. That begins in the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea. Two classes, that's six hours on that? But then, if you think about it, imagine 2,000 years from now somebody reading this. In the first year of the presidency of Barack Obama. When David Patterson was governor of the state of New York, and Bob Duffy was mayor of Rochester, in the episcopacy of the most reverend Catherine Jeffrey Shorey and the right reverend Prince Singh, a man named John received the word of God. Now for us, those names have great meaning. As a matter of fact, as you've heard me say those names, you might be thinking to yourself things about the president, or the governor, or the mayor, or the bishop. And it puts us in a particular context, in a particular time and place. And that is very important to the message that God sends us. So, for the people in the Luke Gospel, In their particular time and place, Herod was an oppressor. He was taxing them within an inch of their lives. They lived in fear that they wouldn't be able to go on, that they wouldn't have enough to survive. And his sons continued doing the same thing. And the high priests in the church were insistent upon worshiping in a particular way. And we're excluding people and calling some people unclean. And in the midst of all of this, people felt incredibly oppressed and insecure and fearful. And so the words of Isaiah were given to us today from John the Baptist, who is not one of this power structure that we hear about in the first two verses of the Gospel some guy out in the wilderness and God chose to speak through him. And he tells us these words from Isaiah which Isaiah talks about these words in another time and place where God's people were exiled from their homes. Where they were feeling frightened and oppressed and it felt like God had forgotten about them. And Isaiah brings words of comfort to the people in exile and says to them prepare the way of the Lord that God has the power to make the crooked paths straight to make the mountains low to t- literally transform the landscape that God has that power and that they will see the salvation of God because God has that power. And in the midst of times where we're feeling oppressed, where we're feeling like God doesn't care about us, when we feel isolated, that God, in fact, has power to make changes, to transform. And that that message To the israelites who were in exile in babylon way back when isaiah when those words came to isaiah was the same message for the people in luke's time who were under roman oppression is the same message that comes to us today in the time of an economic downturn where we're wondering about health insurance where we're thinking about can we continue to pay our mortgage? Where we're worried about our retirement, and then as we think of those things, we begin to be fearful. We begin to feel like God doesn't care. We begin to feel exiled away from every kind of comfort we've come to depend on, and we're adrift. And fear When we're afraid, we're not, we cannot think clearly. We we know this about ourselves, we know this about people who we've been with that have been incredibly fearful. And in those times, it's important that we find somebody who can be grounded, a grounded source for us, somebody who can be non-anxious, somebody who can... Remind us that God hasn't forgotten about us. Advent is a season of preparation. And part of the preparation is to try to remove the fear that is in our hearts. The fear that paralyzes us from knowing that God is that God has the power to transform us, the landscape. But we have to make room for that. We have to make room for that understanding. As many of you know, our youngest son is preparing for the birth of his first child. And we went down there for the baby shower and I could not believe Gadgets they have today for babies. Did you know that there's a wipe warmer? That <laughs> there's a special garbage pail for diapers, and there's this kind of gadget that you set the baby in, and then there's a crib that's got like three different stages depending on how big they are. And at the baby shower, we accumulated and lots of this stuff. And when they brought it home, they had to put it in the dining room because they had no room for the baby. <coughs> so this son is, is in the army and he has three roommates. So there's four bedrooms in this house and he has three roommates. So thankfully, one of the roommates has to, is being transferred in the army to another base and our, our uh, Krista, the mother of our soon-to-be-born granddaughter, was chomping at the bit to get him out of there, <laughs> because she needed to prepare a room for the baby. So he did. He finally saw that she was very nervous about this, and so he kind of moved to a different room, moved all of his stuff out of the room, and then she was able to take the baby's things and move them into the room one by one, And on Facebook, recently, she published pictures of the nursery. This is what we have to do in the time of Advent. We have to get rid of fear. Fear is a roommate we don't want to have. We have to get rid of fear so that we can make room for the baby. The baby that we all know is coming. The baby that we all know is already Anxiety and fear that we have about what is going on around us in this particular time, in this particular place, is not really what life is all about. What life is about is making room to understand that the power of God that comes to us in the person we know as Jesus has power of love that is so strong that it can transform landscapes, that it can transform our hearts, and that it can even have power over death. So for us, let's get rid of the roommate and prepare for the baby.